Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. You know, it's rare in life that the opportunity to save the world presents itself. I think I have been approached with that opportunity. Um, I'm not a real big... Uh, I'm not a big Twitter guy, hey, Dad, in the sense of like airing of grievances. Yeah, you might argue that I'm not a big Twitter guy, period. But, you know, like... I would. Gets their, I would argue their, that. Yeah, you would. You would. People get their flight delayed, and then they want to like complain to American Air at Delta or whatever, and they want to ask Big Cat to fix their travel woes for them, or you know their microwave breaks, and they want to complain to Sharp or the refrigerator leaks, and they want to you know, and people love to like ah fix it, fix it, fix it. And so I just I, I thought I offered it wasn't even criticism, just an idea to an iconic brand on Twitter just a little while ago, that I think has the ability to change the world. Here is my tweet. Hey, Chick-fil-A, big fan here. May I offer a suggestion that might be the greatest innovation since the chicken sandwich? How would you feel about smoothie straws for the peach shake? Thanks for considering. Now I'm going to get back to trying to get this bit of peach through this skinny straw. I think it could change humanity if they would go to smoothie straws for the peach shake. You guys have had the peach milkshake from Chick-fil-A, yes? Yes? I've no. tried it, yeah. I mean, I've had milk. I've just had milkshakes that have things in them. Chocolate chips, strawberries, things of that nature, yes. I, I'm in agreement with you on this. Yeah. Surely there's somebody that has thought of this before. There has to be a reason for not having... I bet I know the reason. Because having a second kind of straw would increase cost ever so slightly. And, and carbon footprint. And that's all you have to tell That's all you have to tell them. Is, uh, you can so, have the same straw and not lose a single customer or give them a bigger straw and it costs you more. You know... I would be okay. You could just have give everybody the bigger straw. Just drink your soda through the big straw. It won't kill you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's more of it more expensive. 
Yeah, I'm not sure Bloomberg would be ah, on yes. board with you having a bigger straw to drink your big soda because you could then get more soda into the system. You know, Bloomberg and anybody that wants to tell me how much soda I can drink can kiss the fattest part of my body. All right, you you can Chiz? just you can just put your lips there. I'm not going to say it on the air. Okay, but you but you know where it is. Mm. It's America, Jack. I would be willing, Borky, to pay three or four cents more for my peach milkshake. I might be willing to pay a dollar more for my Oof. peach milkshake if it came with no, a No, don't say that straw. out loud. Don't say that out loud because it'll, it'll be there tomorrow. They find That's out right. they can get a dollar more out of you. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. just saying. <laughs> Somebody said you sold your plane? That's how you're going to save the world? Yeah, that's a myth. That's, uh, that's, a, that's myth. a myth that he would ever sell it. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, everybody, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Just wanted to share part of my day with you. Hey, uh, I like I'm coming it. to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort uh, is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit uh, dancingrabbitgolf.com to book your tee time or plan your trip today to 18-hole Championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Love to hear from you. Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in Ceasefire country. Richard, how about bringing your own straw? That is a solution. It is. Let's see if I can do it. How about no... <laughs> what if what if the person that I'm paying for the product gives me a tool uh, to use for maximum enjoyment yeah. of said product? Yes. Uh, Ed in New Hope says Sonic had or has the best straws. If I ever go to Jamaica again, if that ever happens again, I might consider bringing my own straw. When you are sitting on on a beach with clear blue ocean in front of mm-hmm. you, and they throw you a menu of daiquiris, which is like all they had. It was either beer or daiquiris, and it's like, well, the beer's red stripe, and I've only had uh, you can only have so many red stripe before you want to mix it up at least a little bit, and and you get this frozen drink, and they put a paper straw in it, and, oh. and you're five oh. minutes in, and it disintegrates. Oh. It's, that's not just Jamaica, man. That's a big New York City, big city thing. Yeah. Because they're saving the world. I mean, look, you want to save the world. I'm just drinking out of the glass at that point. Yes. You want to save the world, put a smoothie straw on a peach milkshake. Don't tell me you're saving the world by making me drink out of paper that degrades in my mouth. The, the, the feeling of the texture of that straw when it rests on your lips as you suck liquid through it into your mouth from the cup, is... How do you describe it? It's 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 awful. It's unpleasant. It may, it, it's it, just, it, we'll, go, we'll go with unpleasant. You can't enjoy the drink anymore. No! Nah. If I see a paper straw, I just throw it, I mean, I just throw it away, and I just drink out of the glass. Yeah, and you know what? You probably hurt the environment more doing that than if you just drank out of a plastic straw. I don't care. I don't care. I'm like, like, you know, I'm not a person who's out here just like burning, you know, fossil fuels at a record rate or anything. 
I like the planet. But if, if my paper straw versus plastic straw is going to be the, the, the difference, well, I guess we're just all going to have to burn. Well, because it's I don't not. have, I'm not going to do the paper straw. It's, it's not. I know it's not. But if it is, yeah. if it is, listen, so listen be it. Zach. Ugh, I can feel it and taste it right you, now. It's so, it's so awful. awful. Thanks, guys. If, if you, you know, man, if you've ever taken a drink out, of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. If you've ever taken a drink out of a paper straw, you will know that feeling yes. the rest of your life. Like I could, I just—it's one of those things. It's like Jeez, you can just, just conjure it up. Straw. Look at this guy. <laughs> he's sitting there eating. But once again, once again, if you'd like to have placed money on which member of Sports Talk Mississippi is drinking a milkshake on air during a segment, you would have lost that bet probably. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the tough part about the whole peach stuck in the straw thing is that you then have to blow the peach out the other end, and it, like, splatters down <laughs> in the milkshake. And who wants to spit back into their milkshake and then turn around and, and drink it again? But what choice do you have? Your little huh? milkshake backwash there is what you're happening? We don't, nobody wants that. How, how do we feel about the uh, the reusable metal straws? I'd rather that than paper. I, yes. Rather that than paper. Yes, but. I don't want to have to take a straw with me yeah. places. I, but, I just no, if so I, I go to a it, restaurant and pop a straw in my drink. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll just not use one at all. But if I ever go back to the Caribbean and, and that's what they're offering, take my man card away, that's fine. My man card's already gone because I, I said on this show that I enjoy <laughs> it's, a... It's a uh, the sounds. <laughs> Because uh, I said I, I like, I, I had a seltzer a couple weekends ago and I actually enjoyed it. And so the text line was like, oh, your man card's gone. So it's already gone. But uh, sitting yeah. on a Caribbean beach, a daiquiri's really nice. Uh, it, it's it's yeah. really nice to sit there and, and I'm have gonna, a, a frozen margarita. I'm going to door dash like some, yeah. some frozen custard to the studio so I can, ha- I can have a frozen treat, too, while we're doing mm. the show. I'm going I'm to hit bops up for a snappy turtle. Somebody said, take the straw out of the milkshake and then suck it from the other end. Yeah, but that's, that's messy. That sounded borky if you just clip that one for me. I'll need that. We're going to have to come back to that at some point. Uh, oh, man. JP and Gula says, I open my web browser and I hear Sonic has the best straws. Slow content week, boys, or a paper straw today yeah. somewhere? I said, it's July 12th. <laughs> Yes. What do you want? But, but yes, we are willing to admit that there's not a lot happening in the sports world. I, I will tell you, we've actually got a lot to get to this afternoon, and uh, it's going to be fun. And uh, Hey, Dad's excited. Yeah. Yeah. Strider in Indianola says, is this show previously recorded? Seems like I've heard this straw debate before. Eh, maybe. It's every but, summer know, when he goes to get a peach milkshake. Exactly. There are There are some... <laughs> The text line got me. There are some debates uh, we're worth having more than <laughs> once. They, they're just on. Oh, my goodness. They're just oh, on. That's funny. Wilson uh, from Greenwood. A friend of mine showed me a neat tool he had. It was a spoon. I saw on Shark Tank, there, there's this company that that makes <laughs> just, edible just spoons. Food. And they hold up, like, Ooh. when you eat ice cream and stuff, like the, it, it holds up the entire need, uh, time, and then you can eat it when it's Chocolate-covered pretzel spoon. Chocolate-covered oh, yeah. pretzel spoon. You need one of those. See, that's ingenuity that I like. And that saves if the planet. If I wanted to eat a milkshake with a spoon, you know what I'd order? Ice cream, Wilson. 
But it's a milkshake. Well, son. You don't need a milkshake with a spoon unless it's not prepared properly, in which case it's too hard for it to be a milkshake. So it's just ice cream. Well, son. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Oh my god! <laughs> I am going to DoorDash a, a Snappy Turtle at this. That point. was just for Hey Dad. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I got enough calories to spare. I've already got eleven thousand steps in today. I'm feeling good. A uh, a quick gander at the Ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five D W in Madison. I don't understand this whole straw issue. I throw the way, uh, throw away the straw. And the top, and drink my daiquiri or shake. What's wrong with y'all? You can't drink a milkshake. It'll, it'll go everywhere. Well, and, and sometimes, depending on the container, it like gets stuck in it, and so when you hold it up to your face to drink it, it it's like it's like they're the phalanx. Hold, everybody, strike, and it just all just comes out of the glass and hits you in the face. <laughs> Old peach Leonidas in there. <laughs> Just yeah. holding back the three hundred. Exactly. Mm. So you got you got to use a straw. The pla- <laughs> <laughs> a phalanx. <laughs> they would form a phalanx. All right. Uh, Adam in Monticello says, "Gosh, I love this show. <laughs> we appreciate people like you, Adam." Can you imagine if we were having this discussion next week? By the way. Oh, on, we we would be bringing in Cole Kublik, Andy Staples, be like, we need your thoughts on milkshakes, on, on the straw size. Come on, get in here. Honestly, you'd probably get the best stuff from Andy that you've gotten if you get him on uh, that. Arnett might, Arnett might fight us. Like, Is this what you want to talk to me about? Andy did a video breakdown of Lincoln Riley's second edition of posting uh, poorly cooked food <laughs> on the Internet. That was rough. That was rough. What was, what was wrong with it? He overcooked it. The, the he overcooked mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. You want like, it's it's Hey, do you ever It's got to be red all the way. Look, I I don't know if you guys ever do this or not, but if I order tuna in a restaurant, I give a sound effect to the uh to the server. They're like, "Hey, how would you like it cooked?" And I said, "Extra rare." You know like we're done. That's exact That's it. I say that to the server. Like we understand, right? We this is how we're going to cook it. Almost sushi is what I want. Yes. Almost. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that is overcooked. Plus, it looks like he hacked at it with like a paper towel. Like yeah, he didn't have he a knife, so he tried to paper cut it open. It's like he didn't have a knife. It's what I do sometimes, I pull up my car keys just to you know get something off. That's what he did. He didn't have a knife. He just pulled out his keys. I don't have a knife, but we got this hedge trimmer out yeah. here. Just get after it. Hey, Lincoln, you can afford, afford a Ginsu. Yeah, I mean, are they paying for that oceanfront property there too? I mean, he could probably have some. Why don't nice... you pay for somebody that knows how to cook? Why don't you start there, Lincoln? Didn't Lane Kiffin tweet a picture of uh, a private chef that he had recently? <laughs> there you go. Nine million dollars a year in Oxford. You can get by with that. That's what nine million. He used to hire your friend. If I lived in Oxford, I made nine million dollars a year. I'd hire Richard's friend to be my private chef. Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. Elizabeth High School. Um, yes. It wouldn't, uh, yes. I, I, there's not one thing that you just said about which I disagree. 
mm-hmm. except for the fact that your um, healthy lifestyle choices that you have recently made mm-hmm. would go in the opposite direction mm-hmm. quickly. We just got to work out harder. We have to exercise more. Be worth it, though. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what a start oh, to the text line. Here we go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Hey, Dad has drank with the top off, too. I have. I have drank with the top off. No questions asked. I, look, I live my life from a styrofoam cup. I, I just do. And sometimes my they've kind of gotten over it. But my kids, when they were going through like the recycling unit at school, came home and would tell me how bad the styrofoam cups were for the environment. And I just looked at them and I said, I'm sorry. I think the Earth's going to make it at least for as long as I'm here. Yeah, I know it's incredibly selfish. I was I was just kind of trying to be like, you know, if this is going to be the end of the planet, then it was going to end anyway. Not just any styrofoam cup, though. A 24-ounce styrofoam cup. A 16-ounce styrofoam cup is useless. 24-ounce styrofoam cup, coffee in the morning, water, tea during the day, whatever you want to put in it at night, it is all good. And, yes, I am strange enough, Michael Borky, that I order them by the case online and have them shipped to my house in boxes of 500. I'm going to get you a really nice tumbler, and you're not going to use it, but I'll get you one. We got them. I mean, I will accept your gift. That'd be great. I'm like, we have tumblers with lids and all kinds of things. I've got a great genteel Yeti tumbler. Like, it's really pretty black and the logo on the side of it. I'll occasionally use it. Styrofoam's good. I like tumblers. I don't know. I guess I'm like a 45 year old woman. I, I, I love tumblers. I've got five or six of them at the house. <laughs> Yeah. Borky walking around with his tumbler and his live, laugh, love sign. He's doing yeah, great. Man. Hmm. Reading. What was it? What's that woman who's like, if he doesn't spark joy, what's her name? Doesn't spark joy, throw it out. I don't know. I, so I, I'm making, I'm making James a playroom in the dining room at the house. Uh, cause I don't need a dining room. And so it's just kind of sitting empty. And so I'm getting a bunch of just kid stuff and making that just like James's room, right? So I went to a couple of those like home stores to look for stuff to put on the walls, just you know, like a wooden baseball and stuff like that. There was one in particular that I went to that had a big wooden sign for everything in the house, like bathroom, sink, laundry, kitchen. It's like, do you really need to label the rooms in your home? Everything it had, it had sink, kitchen, pantry, bathroom, living room. All that, and then live, laugh, love, and all that crap, too. But are people out here really labeling all the rooms and the, the I mean, stations in their home? We, we live in a world where people can buy, like, egg containers. Eggs come in a container when you buy them. They do. But you can have an egg Wait, container. What? what? Egg containers. So then you take the eggs out of the styrofoam, put them in this thing, and then throw away the styrofoam, and you've got an egg container. Sure enough, they on exist. Amazon. Yep, here, here's one right here. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's Prime people Day, who so like it's $40. People who buy milk and pour it into another jug and then throw out the milk jug and put it in the, the, the glass jug in their fridge like it's still 1958 and the milkman just showed up with it. I mean, shake it before you drink it even. I could be way more on board with that than replacing the egg carton with an egg carton. People do it. 
I'm not making anything up. Tell me, stop me when I'm telling lies. I'm not. <sighs> Look, I know that a small portion of you that are driving along or sitting or listening on your car are like, can we get to the sports? And, and we will. But this is the sports. It's July fun. 12th. This yes. is the sports that we have. We, we, uh, we are having fun. Today it was is... one baseball game last night. If we, if we just talked about the sports, this show would be 20 minutes. Well, all-star game, National League won. Britt Rooker had a double. All right, see you guys tomorrow. Baltimore on Radiothon. I mean, that, that would be the show. Today is, right, the, the only day. It's the day. The, the only day where there's not a NFL, NBA, MLB, or NHL game Today's the only day, right? So, so Monday it, is mon- Monday is also that, but there is the home run derby. Right. Okay. So that counts. Yeah. Yeah. It's an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but but the, the only two days. If the sports equinox is when it lines up, where you get you know football, basketball, baseball, hockey, all on the same day. What is this? The sports eclipse. Yes. Yes. This is the sports eclipse. A total sports eclipse. Can we get a song to go with that, maybe? All around me are familiar faces, <laughs> worn out place. It's very sad. Although, Mad hey, world. this might pick you up, though, Hey Dad. You ready for this? It, it better be like a bulldozer or something. Go ahead. 14 days until Saints <laughs> begin training camp. 12 days until they report. I got him. You got I him. I got him. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. That's changing. Uh, 14 oh, I got days a story about that. until Saints actually begin practice, 12 days until they report yeah. to training camp, 22 days until the Hall of Fame game, 45 days until college football week zero, 52 days until our teams here in this state get their season started, and 57 days Brilliant. until the start of the NFL season. We are so close. We're so close. So this shirt, I'll tell you my weight loss story today. This is about a, f- a four years I haven't worn this shirt. This is one of my favorite shirts. So I'm very excited. But Have you looked Richard, in the mirror? I did. That's one of your favorite shirts? My, my wife was like, this shirt looks good on you. I was like, thank you. So okay. well, that's all I, tried on, I tried on the Genteel shirt today. I have about another five pounds. The three We're almost there. Yeah. It was just a little snug around the uh, the, the, the 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 tire there. Hmm. Like you think you could stretch it? Every now and then I get. I can't sing this though because I'm I'm immediately tempted to go with the Dan Band version of it. I can't do that on the air. We had them booked for a fraternity party and they backed out in college. Oh, I was so no. excited. Oh, that's awful. What, did you ask if I was going to tuck it in? No, I it would have been untucked. Is this messing up your music? This playing Borky? Uh, no, we're good. Every now and then I fall apart. Welcome back, Sports Talk Welcome Mississippi. Back. I mean, we'll be right back, Sports Talk Mississippi, with you on Sports Eclipse Wednesday. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
appreciate the content suggestions. Like, we really do. When we say there's no sports to talk about, it's it's not as if we're not prepared for the show with sports topics and discussion we and are. plans and guests and all of those things. It's just like none of it's pressing. We can talk about those things on Friday also if we were so inclined. And sometimes the mood strikes to talk about straws and peach milkshakes and Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. I mean, we could break down the Gold Cup game tonight. Or we could just talk more about peach milkshakes and straws. Yeah, which would be more fun for most people than than the Gold Cup tonight, I think. Was the All-Star Game fun for you last night? Did you watch? Did you enjoy uniforms? All right, so I saw this debate on Twitter last night. Um, our, Our friend Tom Hart, back from two and a half weeks in Europe, chimed in on uniforms last night, said that he grew up mostly as a Kansas City Royals fan, And because they were really bad for most of that time, it was a really big deal when the Royals were on national TV in the All-Star game with a player or two on the roster wearing the Royals' uniform on that big stage. Whoever your favorite team was, and I like that too as well, whether you were a Cardinals fan or a Braves fan or a Yankees fan or a Cubs fan, either in your home whites or your road grays, your team's guys wearing your uniform in the All-Star game was kind of cool. We don't have that anymore. And I don't know if it's about selling more jerseys or what. I guess it is. But can can we get rid of of the All-Star game uniforms? we have a problem with that? We should. We should, yeah. We should be 100% in favor of wearing your team's jerseys. It just It's just cool. It just looks better. It's more fun. For, for the Futures game, wear whatever. You know, let, let them wear, nobody watches, whatever. Let the guys that are participating in the Home Run Derby wear special commemorative Home Run Derby jerseys. That's fine. But for the game itself, let's wear the, the uniforms. Just feels like the right play. Borky, what did you like about last night? The players being mic'd up. Now, beggars can't be choosers. I, I do think that they should go more towards miking up the players while and don't interview them. Just have them mic'd up. Make them aware that they're mic'd up. Have your finger on a delay button. But don't try to interview them as much as just have the audio there to hear what they say during the course of a game. But... It was really cool. There was a cool moment with Freddie Freeman. Uh, Mookie Betts uh, was... He's a funny guy. I, I, I tend to like him. Uh, they even have uh, or had a pitcher mic'd up. Now, it was a little awkward because he was trying to you know get his sign and you know throw pitches. But the fact that the, the broadcast booth had direct communicative access to the guy that was literally throwing pitches was really, really cool. And I'm glad the players agreed to do that. Uh, but I, I would like to, I, I would like to hear more players mic'd up just in the course of a game, as opposed to answering forced, not really funny, but trying to be funny interview questions. You know what I mean? It was still entertaining, though. Either way. Yeah, yeah, I can, uh, I can get behind that, no doubt. Hey, did you watch a little bit, right? Not like a couple, couple of at bats. Not a, a lot. very little bit. Yeah. 
Um, Rookie, uh, how about how about Rooker, Brett Rooker, who, by the way, is going to join us on Friday. Did, did he owe you something, hey, Dad? And I ask that simply because there's a very finite number of days off for a Major League Baseball player during a season. The mm-hmm. willingness and that's not to, one of them either. It, well, the Friday after the All... No, he's playing. That's their first day back. Okay. Yeah. That actually makes me feel better that he didn't agree to do it today or tomorrow on on his day off. off. No. Yeah. Okay. No. Friday uh, before he gets to the stadium, he's going to give us a call. They're playing. They're playing at home, and so uh, obviously, I tried for last week, but they were on the East Coast, and he was like, "I'll be at the ballpark when your show airs." No, I mean, I just I know Rooker. I've interviewed him before. I texted him. I was like. If I want to talk to you on the radio, do we do we have to go through the A's or can we just set it up? He's like, we just set it up. Like, cool. Let's set it up. Very cool. Yeah, well, well, I'm on. I haven't set a time with him yet, but we'll do that. Would he laugh if we ask him what it was like on a regular basis playing in fewer fans in big league baseball than he did in Starkville? Probably. Maybe, maybe, maybe like a. <laughs> oh God, that sucks. Yes, kind of laugh. <laughs> Yes, it's you know we do get to play road games. Lots of people show up for those. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, Probably and when be. the Yankees are in town, a lot of people show up for uh, for for the home games as well. It's just yeah. not yeah. a home environment. I, did you guys see the uh, the little postcards? I guess you can call them that. That A's fans passed out or were trying to pass out to the insti- entire stadium last night with uh, "Please chant with us to help us save our team" and. Here's what you chant when our guy's up to bat and all that, and it didn't come to fruition. But it, do do people really think that chanting sell the team at the All Star game is going to convince the billionaire owner of the team that's moving them to Las Vegas to, you know what? <clears throat> we got the stadium picked a out in Vegas, review. where he's probably got a gigantic property and a bunch of investments, and yeah, they're going to give us this big, beautiful ballpark in the Strip, and we're going to be a destination, and. But then I, I was at the All-Star game, and I heard a couple thousand people chant, sell the team. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sell the team so they can stay in Oakland, so those 3,000 people will go to our games some more in the worst facility in professional sports. Like, I appreciate and admire the uh, energy Fervent. from fans. Yeah, the effort. It's got to suck losing your team. I mean, imagine being an Ole Miss or a State fan and Ole Miss just saying, okay, bye. We're out. Moving to Nashville. That would suck. But chanting sell the team at the All-Star Game is not changing anybody's mind. You are wasting your effort. There was a chant, come to Seattle. No. That was a no. cute little thing that the uh, that the Mariners fans no. did. No. That was directed at. That's uh, not happening. Otani Kamashohei, I believe. Uh, I believe yes. this is his name. He's having a good year. It was loud. Uh, there, there's a guy. I'm not gonna say his name uh, on on Twitter that uh, wants to convince me that Otani's not that good, and I need to stop referring to him uh, the way I do. And Freddie Freeman. Wait, and, wait, hold on. Like, not that good he's, compared he's, to what Zeus. Uh, Barry Bonds, for example, uh, is is better than than Otani as an overall baseball player. So I shouldn't refer to Otani as the most talented baseball player we've seen possibly since Babe Ruth because 
uh, for one of his examples, Barry Bonds in the year 2000 uh, is better than what Otani's doing this year. Which, no. Because Barry Bonds doesn't pitch as well. I don't remember Bonds throwing a lot of innings that year. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts were both like, he walked a lot. I, I'm in awe at this guy. Like, it, it, he doesn't make sense. Like every time we see him, we're in awe. Because, as Freddie said, we've never seen anything like this before. There were some that were prisoners of the moment at the World Baseball Classic when at the end we got the, the Mike Trout versus Shoei Otani battle and Otani won it. And there were some people like, oh, stop being so hyperbolic. It's not that big of a deal. It's not even, you know, it's, it, it's almost like time passing. I don't know, it's only been a few months. Looking back on that moment in that environment, it's almost like it becomes a bigger deal. Like, that was Major League Baseball teammates considered to be two of the best on planet Earth at what they do, facing off in a global baseball tournament in an American stadium that is packed to the gills and captured a national television audience for a preseason baseball tournament that people have traditionally not cared that much about. We, we got the number from the All-Star game last night, 7 million. So that game still is the most watched baseball game this season. Championship game of the World Baseball Classic. Yep. Wow. In, in a, a full Marlins park, right? Wasn't that in Arizona? Or was that the one in... It was in Arizona. But the earlier games were in was Arizona. It? and They played the championship Either game way. in South Florida. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, that's the most it, watched it baseball game this year. More than any opening day game. More than the Field of Dreams game. More, more than all of it. We get a... Um... We get a picture sent to us that says every all-star game should look like this picture. What year are we talking here? We got uh, the Phillies in their kind of powder blue pants with black jerseys. We got the Dodgers in all gray. We got the Pirates in all yellow. Okay. I can narrow it down because there's Pete Rose in a Phillies jersey. You only got about a three-year window with that. Mm. Man, some of those uniforms are just fantastic. Sports Talk misses it. The Expos uniform, that blue Expos uniform, mm-hmm. the blue Cardinals uniform. Those are great. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Are we going to do this? Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. Big 12 football media days got started today in Arlington, Texas. Oklahoma and Texas embarking on their final season in the Big 12. Mike Gundy was asked about the uh, the rivalry with OU, Bedlam. He thinks this is the final year that it's going to happen, and he's not too happy about it. He said, quote, in football, 
Bedlam is history, in my opinion. OU chose to go to the SEC. When they did, did, they took Bedlam with them. Joe Castiglione is a friend of mine, but when he and their president decided to go to the SEC, they took Bedlam with them. Do I like it? No. I like tradition. He goes on to say, I like Big, uh, I like Big 12. I like the old Big 8. I like rivalries. I like the things in college football that have been around forever. That's not going to matter anymore. All those things are history. Big 12 hasn't exactly been around forever, though, has it? I mean, you know, since the mid-90s, but not exactly forever. Um, Gundy said Oklahoma State's schedule is set through 2037, and that if the SEC ever moves to a nine-game conference schedule, it wouldn't be smart from a business perspective for the SEC to schedule another Power 5 opponent. Nobody likes it, he said, but Bedlam's out the window. Real quick. Mm-hmm. Mike Gundy's been the head coach at Oklahoma State for 18 seasons. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many times he's won Bedlam? Not it's like three, three, isn't three. it? Three. He's three, three and 15 against Oklahoma. Do you really like Bedlam? No, this fake Ouch. tough guy energy is hidden behind a veil of they've smoked us every year, and I'm not desperate to keep playing them. Because if you wanted to make it work, you could. You could. If you wanted to keep this game up, you could keep this game up starting next year. You could. 100% you could. Absolutely, without a doubt, no questions asked. And Oklahoma would do it. Using the, well, if the SEC goes to nine, they're not going to want to. I bet you they will. Because they beat you like you're Tulsa. So... So bizarre. I mean, just just the game is gone. The game is gone because they moved to the SEC. Then why does Iowa and Iowa State play each other every year? They're in a different conference. In 2024, Oklahoma State's non-conference opponents are South Dakota State, Arkansas, and Tulsa. I mean, getting rid of South Dakota State and adding Oklahoma would make that a pretty difficult schedule. We'll, we'll agree there. It would. Yeah. They got UT Martin at Oregon and Tulsa in 20. Look, but, but Tulsa's terrible. They're playing Tulsa every year for the next five seasons. Okay, whatever. Get rid of Tulsa. You probably can't do that politically. You're not going to get rid of Arkansas. You're not going to get rid of a home and home with Oregon. I mean, there's FCS games in there, but through all that. That macho stuff is yeah, a guy I mean, that doesn't want to trade a win for a loss. That's it. Yes. The difference in Iowa and Iowa State, though, is they don't go out and schedule another Power 5 opponent on top of that rivalry game. Like, that is their Power 5 game. Of course. But if you wanted to do it, you could. Yeah. It's not the SEC's fault. If you wanted to do it, you could. You don't want to because they beat you like a drum. Wait. 2028-2029, Oklahoma State playing a home-and-home with Alabama. Oh, God. Bless them. Have fun. You got Alabama going to Stillwater in 28, and uh, the Pokes headed to Tuscaloosa in 29. 
There's a home and home, uh, two home and homes with Arkansas. Is that right? I, I mean, yeah, yeah, twenty four, twenty five, and then again in thirty two and thirty three. So Oklahoma wants to play the game. They, they very much want to continue to play the game because again, they beat them like Tulsa. They've got Michigan on the schedule in the future. They've got a home-and-home home with Nebraska and Clemson on the schedule in the future. They're willing to take on a second Power 5 game in the non-conference. They want to do it. We you, and that's what they say anyway. At least they're public about it. Uh, or at least that's what they're saying publicly. But when you've got Clemson on your schedule and Michigan on your schedule, who's been a top-10 program the last couple of years... And you're still willing to play? They look like they're in the position of of strength, not you. Anyway. No, I'm with you. I just, with I couldn't you. imagine if if for whatever reason Mississippi State left for the ACC. And, and <laughs> I know, right? But and Zach Arnett was like, or excuse me, and Lane Kiffin was like, oh, they left, so we're not playing again. Well, I mean that's cowardly. That's cowardly. You Is the company going to pay for two media days trips? We're gonna we're gonna go to both. Why is that gonna work? It would be fun. Maybe divide and conquer. Hmm. I'll go alone. Sports Talk Mississippi, four o'clock hour coming up next with you right here in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. National League's win over the American League in the All-Star Game last night snapped a nine-game losing streak in the Midsummer Classic for the National League. Michael Borky said perhaps not in... Um, a coincidence that there are a bunch of Atlanta Braves on the team. They stacked the team with Best Braves team baseball, and they win. I figured it out, by the way. I did some uh, some some forensic detective work there. That's the 1979 All-Star Game played in the Kingdom at Seattle. The Kingdom. Yeah. Was that a good building or a bad building? It doesn't exist. It, it, it has since been imploded. It was one of the first ones they imploded. I remember. I remember watching the implosion of the Kingdom. Yeah, we got a pretty good stadium set up in Seattle now with uh, those two. Now with Safeco right and each other. yeah, is it is it still CenturyLink? I don't know if it's what it's still I, called. I can't keep up with yeah. corporate names. Sports where the Seahawks play. Yeah, the uh, the ceasefire text line is open to you at six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Give your business the edge. With gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business. Learn more about them online at cspire.com slash business. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino, PearlRiverResort.com. We're going to uh, adjust things. Walker Jones is going to join us in studio in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Really fascinating story that uh, that came out today about... Multiple collectives, and when I say multiple, I don't mean from the same school. I'm talking about from from different schools across the country, banding together in a bit of a consortium to kind of 
This, I don't think, is the alliance of very, very, very good friends. I don't think that's what this is. I think this is um, some big programs coming together to try and get the conversation going about some standardized legislation for Power 5 teams. And when I say legislation, I'm talking about legislation at the conference level, not at the congressional level. And so Walker Jones is involved with that. He is uh, kind of the spokesperson for that group, and he's going to join us to uh, start the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk with him some about what's going on, why why they're doing this, who's involved, and what it could mean going forward. So since we're doing that to start the 5 o'clock hour, we will start the 4 o'clock hour with the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Check them out wherever they are in your community, whether it's an F-150, an Expedition, an Explorer, maybe an Edge that you are looking for. They've got you covered at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Test drive one today. So, Morky, I'll let you set these questions up. Yeah, a couple of them kind of inspired by yesterday's conversation. The first... We'll go positive and then negative, I guess, will be the other one. Because yesterday it was filled with, here's the portal guys and here's the role they can fill. Well, tell me an area of the team that either A, they didn't adequately address in the player acquisition period, portal slash recruiting, or just a position group that that fans should be concerned about going into this season. Hmm. I think my yeah. answer for Ole Miss might surprise you. Okay. Well, give it to us. Running back. Here's why I say that. You're right. You're correct. Because last year, Quinshawn Judkins led the SEC in rushing, and his backup's now in the NFL and ran for 900 yards. It's a room of three scholarship players right now already. One is a true freshman, and... True freshmen come in and and are great, and sometimes it takes them a little bit. And his backup, albeit good at his previous stop, was at SMU previously, got hurt and didn't give you much last year. And and that is a position that leads to injuries often. I'm not not talking about, like, season-ending or anything, but remember what Kiffin said at the end of the Alabama game, why they didn't give him the football? Because he was so banged up in gas, they couldn't. He was, And that was with Zach Evans, who got hurt earlier in the game. But that was with Zach Evans. So that running back room with a turned ankle missing a couple weeks suddenly is very inexperienced and unproven. Yeah, and I think it makes the quarterback position all the more important, right? Because you know that the quarterback is going to be part of the running game. And to me, that is the part of the equation that makes the Spencer Sanders is still on the roster really make sense. Now, maybe it doesn't make sense for Spencer Sanders himself because he may want to play every down or feel like he needs to play every down. But I think if you go into the season with a healthy Spencer Sanders on your roster... Even if Walker Howard is technically the backup, you feel more comfortable about using Jackson Dart extensively in the running game. 
Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It's just a thought. I mean, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the way that Lane Kiffin is thinking about it. The way that Charlie Weiss Jr. is thinking about it. But it's something that at least makes a little bit of sense to me. Hey, Dad, what, what's the group for Mississippi State that maybe leads you to have some concern? It's, it's got to be the secondary. Um, even though the last two years they have really hit the portal hard back there, none of those guys are proven. You know, not not a single one of them. And I, I would have, you know, I like Kamari Rogers. I think potentially could be really, really good for Mississippi State. But I would have liked to have seen them go out and get a more proven cornerback if there was one. And I mean, I'm not saying that there was, but I would have liked to have seen maybe another guy there at that position. And then in the secondary, I mean, I like Jacoby Albert. I think he's going to be a, a, a he'll probably be end up being a starter and giving State a lot of what Jackie Matthews gave them a season ago. But those guys, and then you know, from last year, Hunter Hunter uh, Washington and Jordan Moran and Marcus Banks, they, just, they haven't played a lot of snaps. So, you know, for a defense that has so much experience in the front end with at the defensive line and definitely at the linebacker with Watson and Johnson back. They don't have a whole lot going there in the secondary in terms of experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about an area that Ole Miss has had issues in recent years, and and that spot is linebacker. And I know there's some pieces there, and I certainly am looking forward to watching the true freshman from Raleigh. Why can I not think of his name? Centarian Perkins. Centarian Perkins come in and what he can be. But last year, Troy Brown was a transfer that was an impact player. You know, Austin Keys, some experience. Is Austin Keys back? No, he's at Auburn. That's right. And they overpaid, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, okay. Well, did what they thought they needed to do. And, and so, what's the linebacker position going to look like for Ole Miss? So, my second question was going to bring up this guy, but but they need Monty Montgomery. Great name. Mm-hmm. Um, they need him to that be... That is a great name. They need him to, to be what he was at Louisville, which was highly productive... Uh, Watch, watch some Louisville games. Or I know highlight tapes don't tell a whole story, but um, he's a quality player. I mean, a really good football player at the Power 5 level. They need him to be that at Ole Miss in the SEC. They need Kari Coleman to stay healthy and take a step, and they need Ashanti T. Sistrunk to be what like pro football focus grades him out to be. Now, it, he didn't have the, the volume of snaps last year, but the grades that these these people give him are really really good. He needs to be that more consistently. Yeah. Uh, but depth is let, another turned ankle. Let Monty Montgomery turn an ankle, and suddenly you might be relying on a, a true freshman to play and play a lot. So they portaled a couple of guys in that spot. Probably yeah, yeah, could have I mean, afforded to add a, a one or two more just to just to be safe, but it, it's kind of thin there based on what we know. You, you need Monty Montgomery to be good. You need Jeremiah Jean Baptiste to to be a good depth piece. You need Kari Coleman to stay healthy. You need Centarian Perkins to play like Harold Perkins played a year ago as a true freshman, which, by the way, is asking a lot. Mm-hmm. 
If that's what you need to be good defensively, then I'm well, not saying he I mean, can't be that, but if you need him to be that, then... Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, he might be one of the single most disruptive players on the defensive side of the ball in all of college football. I'm not necessarily saying that Suntarian Perkins has to be that as a true freshman. And if you remember, with Harold Perkins, it's not like Brian Kelly rolled him out in week one at 70 snaps a game. They kind of brought him along slowly, and the Ole Miss game in Baton Rouge last year was the coming-out party for Harold Perkins. I'm not sure that he left the field after that game for the remainder of the season. He was so, so good. And he's going to be a first-team All-SEC selection as a true sophomore this year. And absolutely deserves to be. There's another layer to this. And we will uh, we will get to that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. got some breaking news for you on the Northwestern front. This is from Brady Locker, who covers Northwestern for Inside NU. He said, just in. Former LSU head coach Ed Orgeron would, quote, have interest in coaching at Northwestern, but has not yet heard from the school per a source. Well, don't think that call's ever coming, Ed. He um, he did lead LSU to a national championship in one of the greatest seasons in college football history. If I want some some culture cleaned up, that's that's definitely the guy that I call in to do it for sure. Can you imagine? Brian Haydad at Wet Republic in Las Vegas. It is is an outdoor swim club, high fashion, big time, beautiful people party atmosphere. Not that Brian Haydad is not a beautiful person. He, he, He is. Strike a pose. But can you imagine Brian Haydad... In a Speedo, a bright yellow Speedo, at Wet Republic in Las Vegas. A banana-colored banana hammock. Uh, uh, Imagine that. And think about the fit. Is that really a fit? Because I feel like Ed Ogeron, as the head coach of Northwestern, is kind of like Haydad in a banana hammock at Wet Republic in Vegas. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with you on that. I'll be honest with you. You know, I would. I would not mind that. Uh, that that job personally. You know, be 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 there with all the beautiful people. But uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't jive. Hmm. I mean, I, I know that you know reporters got to do the reporting thing, but I, I, I mean, come on, man. 
you don't even have to go deeper than Wikipedia. Just just read Ed's Wikipedia page and tell me that that's the guy that you want to come in to clean up a culture of hazing. I mean, you could argue I mean, the that, LSU that Ed exit Ogeron, was ugly in that you, regard. You could argue that Ed Ogeron hazed his own football team when he was at Ole Miss during a weather delay while they were playing a game. I don't think you can argue it. I think it's a fact. I mean, the the full contact scrimmage in the indoor facility for an hour and a half while a game is being delayed, I think that could be categorized as hazing. Hey, Dwayne and Brandon, how am I going to sleep tonight, Richard? With that example in my head. I don't know. Amanda in Pike County, uh, about Hey Dad, at Wet Republican Vegas, she says, Ew. Come on now. Yeah. I promise you there are fatter, uglier guys than me in Las Vegas right now wearing a speedo. You think I, I would be willing to I would be willing to put money on that one. Oh sure. Yeah. And again, I think you are a beautiful human being. Thank you very much. We got a lot of inner beauty going over here. Well, you know, whatever. You don't want to see me at Wet Republican Vegas in a speedo. <laughs> Buddy, I assure you, I don't want to see any guys at Wet Republic in a speedo. Not a single one. Yeah, a lot of people, by the way, on Ed Orgeron are, are wondering if he thought he was being asked about Northwestern State. <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah. Please let that be true. A, uh, we have here is a failure to communicate. Uh, Ed Orgeron, failure to communicate? No way. I wonder how many team meetings happened where when he walked out, the players looked at each other and said, What, what the hell is he talking what, about? What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, my gosh. All right, Borky. There was a uh, there was a second part to uh, your, your question about yeah. the, the rebels and the dogs, not so, just position groups of concern. Tell me one player, one player that nobody is talking about, and I mean mm. nobody is talking about that will and maybe need to, but will have a major impact for the Rebs and Dogs in twenty twenty three. Nobody's talking about completely under the radar. Somebody that is going to have a major impact, despite flying under the radar like that. I'll give you one for Ole Miss. I'm not sure that it falls into your nobody is talking about him category. But I don't think enough people are talking about the importance of Jordan Watkins to this Ole Miss team. Strong agree. He is in his second year with Ole Miss. He's a Louisville transfer Played in 22 games for the Cardinals over his first two seasons. Had over 500 yards, second on the team in, uh, what was it, 2021. And last year for Ole Miss, he was, he was, he was good. Um, he had 40 catches for 449 yards and two touchdowns. Played in all 13 games last year for Ole Miss. Charlie Weiss Jr. said to me before the 
um, for the spring game in our coaches' meetings that he was the most important receiver, at least right now, on the team. Now, we'll see what Zachary Franklin turns into. We'll see what Trey Harris turns into. Yeah, We'll, we'll see if there are other guys that, that step up. But they trust Jordan Watkins. They trust his hands. They trust him in the offense. They trust what he sees on the field. And I think that needs to translate into production. And look, 40 catches for 500 yards, if he replicates his season a year ago, that may be good enough. Probably needs more than two touchdowns. But my guess is you'd like to see him more like 60 catches for 650 yards. 60 catches for 700 yards and seven touchdowns. So, I don't know if Jordan Watkins is completely off the radar and nobody's talking about him, but I think he's an important one. What do you got for the Bulldogs, hey, Dad? Well, I'd surprise you. you Borky had a surprise here as well. There's been so much talk about Tulu Griffin and Xavion Thomas, Freddie Roberson, Jaquavius Marks. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like everybody just forgets about Jaden Wally just sitting there. I haven't heard and that Jayden name Wally, in months, man. Exactly. And I mean, he was such a great player as a freshman. And these last two years, he's been good. He's had his moments. He's caught touchdowns. But it hasn't. he never blossomed the way I think we all thought he would after that first year. This is the last go-round go at it, last shot. So... I won't be totally surprised if Jaden Wally finds his way onto the field more than people are predicting right now. 2020, 52 catches in, what was it, 10 games? For 718 yeah. yards and a couple of touchdowns. And that I mean, it might be less games than that. He, he didn't play in every game, I don't think. Okay. I guess it was a 10-game regular season. Um, yeah. As a sophomore here, yeah. in 21, he actually had more catches, 55 catches. And he had six touchdowns, but last year was the year where it was like he just kind of disappeared. 34 catches on the year for Jaden Wally. Three touchdowns, 348 yards. Yeah. This guy is capable of way more than that. Way more than yeah, that. Yeah, just playing in the slot behind Rufus Harvey and uh, and uh, and Austin Williams. But now he's on the outside, I think, Wally. He'll be on the outside, so which I think fits better. You know, I think Tulu inside, Wally outside, that's, that should have been the way the whole time, I thought. Borky, you got one for either Ole Miss or State? So it's kind of cheating because he's yet to play for Ole Miss, but Monty Montgomery would be mine. I think that maybe not so much that you know he's going to have an impact, but he needs to, and a highly productive player at Louisville last year and really through his career there. But, I mean, he had 70 tackles, forced four fumbles, had six sacks and two interceptions. Uh, along with a couple of pass breakups as well. I mean, a highly productive player. That production needs to just you pick it up and put it in Oxford. And when people are talking about, you know, the defense, they, they mentioned Pete Golding, they talk about the defensive line, and can Cedric Johnson stay healthy, and this and this and this. But I don't hear anybody talking about Monty Montgomery. And I understand why, because he hasn't worn the uniform yet. But if he can be exactly what he was a year ago at Louisville, that's huge for that defense. Huge. Because they need it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Glad to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon, the 12th of July. Take a quick timeout. More coming up with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Glad to be with you this afternoon. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find Genteel at men's clothing stores across the Magnolia State, including the Willander in Brandon, Mile 363 in Natchez, T. Sappington and Company in New Albany, Abrahams in Cleveland, Claude Julians in Kosciuszko, MLM in Tupelo, Shirley Dogs in Corinth, the well-dressed man in Brookhaven, and Oxbow in Memphis. Great-looking stuff. Their fall merchandise is already starting to arrive. We've got uh, some of their new stripe patterns that have already come in. The uh, the printed pattern golf shirts are on their way as well. The collegiate collection is ready to go as we get closer to the start of the college football season. So you can look your best at the game at the pregame party, the postgame party, all the above uh, this fall in Genteel. Find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. All right, let's, uh, let's pick up the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three. Team number 53 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days comes from Conference USA, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Pretty good program. Four straight bowl games, five of the last six years going back to 2017. Tyson Helton's ball club went nine and five last year. They finished tied for second in Conference USA with a six and two mark in league play. And boys, they have got a guy that can sling it. That's two quarterbacks in a row that have put up big, big numbers in this Western Kentucky offense. You remember Bailey Zappi from, what, three seasons ago when he put up monster numbers last year? It was Austin Reed. He had 603 pass attempts. 603 through for 4,744 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. So Bailey Zappi, if you go back to uh, his 2021 season, do you guys remember just how good he was? I do. He threw for almost 6,000 yards. He set an FBS single-season record with 5,967 yards, and he drove, uh, he broke Joe Burrow's single-season touchdown record with 62 touchdown passes. 
Zappi went on to the NFL. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. He was 33 yards short of 6,000 with 62 touchdowns and just 11 interceptions. So they picked up Austin Reed last year, and he came in as a two-year starter with a record of 22-3 and at Division II West Florida. And, I mean, he just went right to work. Threw for over 400 yards four different times last year, including in the New Orleans Bowl, when he threw for a record 497 yards against South Alabama. Completed almost 65% of his passes. So Austin Reed back for an offense that should be fun and a schedule that gives them a chance. South Florida to open the year with a first-year head coach. Houston Christian in Week 2. Both of those games are at home in Bowling Green. Then back-to-back road games, and these two are tough. You go ahead and chalk up September 16th as a loss as Western Kentucky goes to Ohio State. September 23rd could be a heck of a lot of fun, boys. Western Kentucky at Troy. That's a really good offense against a really good defense a month into the season where both teams should have kind of settled in a little bit. Then it's Middle Tennessee and Louisiana Tech on the road for an open date. Stretch run, Jacksonville State on the road on a Tuesday night. Liberty at home on a Tuesday night at UTEP. Then New Mexico State and Sam Houston, they finish on the road at FIU. What are we, 15 years removed from Western Kentucky playing at the Division II level? Or 1AA? I saw them playing a playoff game at Furman. I've got the program framed in my house. And they were a good 1AA program. Mm-hmm. And the transition mm-hmm. to Division One to FBS was difficult. There were a couple of bad seasons mixed in. But as of late, Western Kentucky has been really, really good. We got any famous Western Kentucky alums, hey, Dad? Eh, it's, it's not great here. John Carpenter, the famous uh, horror director in mm-hmm. Halloween. Uh, Charles Napier, who's a famous that guy in a lot of movies. Okay. Um, that's about it. That's about it. I, I guess we could remind yeah. people that the uh, Corvette Museum is in Bowling Green. Oh, there you go. Yeah. If you're making a road trip to Bowling Green, Kentucky, you can uh, you can check that out. Who could forget? All right, so uh, Western Kentucky is team number 53 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. How about team number 52? Any guesses? Any guesses as you ride along in your car and you hear that music? The North Texas Mean Green. It sounds like the opening score of uh, Amazon's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. Uh, North Texas in the Dallas metro area. They are located in Denton, Texas. It's like in my little brother's backyard. Um, North Texas got a first-year head coach coming in. Eric Morris, former wide receiver at Texas Tech, played in the CFL and was the head coach at Incarnate Word. Hmm. All right, think for a second. What does that mean? What does that mean? Head coach at Incarnate Word. That was another place that had big-time offense. Who's the quarterback that was at Incarnate Word 
Cam is, Ward. He's yeah, Cam Ward. He's what Washington State? Is that yep. right? Cam Ward from yeah. Incarnate yeah. Ward. Jeez, Borky. Bad play on words. No, that but that was it. That it was Cam Ward from. It's true. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, North Texas went seven and seven last year. Finished tied for second in conference USA, six and two in the league. They opened the season at home against Cal. Why is Cal going to Denton, Texas, on the second of September? Barbecue. Brisket. Love brisket. Love it. Justin Wilcox is looking for any reason to not be in Berkeley. Okay. I will accept all of those answers. Um, Back-to-back road games at FIU and at Louisiana Tech. Then they've got Abilene Christian before they jump into American Athletic Conference play. North Texas, one of the new teams in the American. They go to Navy to start league play. They host Temple. They go to Tulane. They host Memphis and UTSA. Back-to-back road trips to SMU on a Friday night. And Tulsa, it could be bitter cold in Tulsa, Oklahoma on November 18th, and then they finish it out at home against UAB on the 25th of November. Going to have to break in a new quarterback this year. Austin Awney was the quarterback uh, a season ago. He was a former professional baseball player and a transfer from Arkansas. And Awney put up pretty good numbers. Threw for 3,500 yards and 33 touchdowns last season Chandler Rogers is expected to be the starting quarterback this year for North Texas. They return their top five leading rushers from a year ago, the top three of which combined for 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. So, North Texas. I know we have to stay away from athletes in terms of most famous alums, Mm -hmm. but don't we have to make an exception for UNT? Who would you go with? Is that where, isn't that where Mean Joe Green went? That's where Mean Joe Green went. Hence the nickname, the Mean yeah, Green. I'm, I would I would agree, but you got some big time people here. Okay. Meatloaf went to North Texas. All right. Roy Orbison, Don Henley, Nora Jones. Wow. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, who was a famous actor. Peter Weller, who played RoboCop. Pat Boone. Ann Rice went to uh, to North Texas. And, of course, the man who has me blocked on Twitter, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That is, uh, that is quite the alumni base. That's a good list for the University of North Texas. It is. Really is. So, yeah. North Texas, team number 52 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Borky, where does their stadium rank? It's fine. It's new-ish. Behind one of the end zones, though, they have a weird section that looks like cat ears. Very random. They just the two just points. It comes to two points that stick out of the back of the end zone. Very odd, but it's it's new, so it looks like it. Downtown Denver. It does. Pretty nice. Got a town square and like a. It's, It's a. Pretty cool downtown, kind of small-town feel. Uh, All right, that's uh, Western Kentucky and North Texas on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour next. Here we go. Sports Talk. 
Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. Tip of the cap to the message on the ceasefire text line reminding us that the former stadium for the University of North Texas, Fouts Field, uh, was where much of Necessary Roughness was filmed back in 1991. So, good, uh, good little trivia for you uh, for you there. Hey, there are multiple people that are asking, uh, because they do not know and have not heard you talk before, about why it is that you are blocked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. On First Twitter. off, I just want to point out, it's two necessary roughness references this week because I talked about how Northwestern needs to hire a straight arrow Gennaro mm-hmm. uh, as their... Uh, so, but what, what a week for that. What a week. Uh, so, uh, one day, I was looking at podcast rankings. This is back in the B&B show days, if you guys can remember that uh, a long time ago. Uh, looking at the rankings. I was ahead of... Oh, the Broken Skull podcast. Hey, forgive me for interrupting you. I just want to remind you that coming up tonight after Sports Talk Mississippi, it's Thunder and Lightning on the radio from 6 until 7 here on your home for sports in the Magnolia State. <laughs> and news and politics and lots more. Uh, yes. And milkshakes. So, uh, so I w- <laughs> on that day, you do suck, Richard. I'll just tell you that. Uh <laughs> on that day, let me try to re- re- recalibrate here. Uh, my podcast was ahead of Stone Cold's. Now, I'm sure it was a day where Stone Cold did not release a podcast and it was just a fluke, whatever. But I couldn't resist, so I tweeted uh, the, the, the gif of Stone Cold from the Royal Rumble where he hears Bret Hart's music and he grabs his head and he's in disbelief. He's like, oh no! And I said, what Stone Cold must be thinking when he sees he's behind the B&B show in the podcast rankings. Ooh, I didn't think anything else of it. Talking smack. But, so I didn't think anything else of it, right? I didn't, I didn't think about it. Fast forward to March 16th of the next year, 316, the day where everybody wishes Stone Cold a happy 316. I go to wish him a happy 316, as I have done the previous years. And his name won't pop up. When I'm trying to like put it in, putting it in the uh, the tweet, I'm like, where, why is it? Did he delete his account? What's going on here? And I look, and I've been blocked. I was blocked by Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that is the only other previous interaction I had had, other than wishing him a happy 316. So that thin-skinned rattlesnake blocked me because he couldn't take a little innocent smack talk. I always liked The Rock better anyway. That is really soft. He's soft. Is- is there a, a way to know who and who who all has blocked you on Twitter? The only way you know is if you, you find out. You can't. There's not a list. There are a lot of people I find out that I'm blocked by. And I'm like, I have never interacted with this person. Never. Mm. State fans and Ole Miss fans are just like, we don't want to see hate ad. So whatever. But Stone really Cold, come to on, be, man. I don't really tweet enough to be blocked by many people, do I? Yeah, probably not a lot. Yeah. Well, and then my buddy Brandon Walker on the back of the end zone when Ole Miss almost lost to Arkansas, and 
would I, have. I didn't, and, yeah. I didn't tweet about that. Before. I know, but people probably blocked you because of that, just to make sure they avoid. Just to that. Yeah. yeah. My my buddy Brandon Walker does an interview with Stone Cold, and I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, while you've got him there, get me unblocked. Did he do it? No. Can't trust Brandon Walker either. Well, because he blocks people all the time. I've never blocked anybody, Michael Borky. What are you talking about? Not me, but <laughs> used to be a block party up here. Yeah. So, Kimbe Matumbo. Do you believe that um, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the most famous person to block you on Twitter? I, 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 he's got to be, with without knowing who else might have done it. He's got to be. Second place was probably Richie Brown, former MSU linebacker. Did you speak poorly of him? I did once. I, I, and I remember the tweet. I said, Fernet shook off Richie Brown like I'd shake off my five-year-old. He had no chance there. And I guess blocked. he saw it and blocked. I think I'm unblocked by him now, though. Borky, do you know... Uh... Do you know of anyone who has blocked you on Twitter? You freeze. But then he unblocked me. <laughs> so are you currently blocked or no? No, no. Freeze? So this was a while ago. Um, I mean, years ago. I think when he was... No, not I think. I know when he was still at Ole Miss. Um, I I was messing with some college buddies. And and I, I tweeted a gif of Hugh Freeze's face photoshopped on top of a scene from a rap video where guys are throwing money <laughs> everywhere. And I didn't send it I've to him. I've seen that many times, yes. I didn't send it to him. I just said, Hugh Freeze when the recruits are in town. Because back then I didn't have a few thousand followers. Like It was just like me and my friends. A couple hours later, I'm blocked. Fast forward mm. a year later, during this show... Back when I was still filling in, not on it full time, at some point he must have been listening, looked me up, realized he blocked me and unblocked me. And I've gotten three DMs since. Over the years. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gotten a DM. I don't think I've ever been blocked either. Just a little surprising. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi on this Tuesday, the 12th of July. A little warm outside, but not, I guess, as bad as it could be. Coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. Ceasefire text line is open, as always, 601-879-4395. If you have a question for our next guest, then uh, we'll try to work that in. Could very well be uh, something that strikes your interest as we uh, go through this conversation with Walker Jones. Uh, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line, although he is in studio with me. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Good to see you. So, buddy? Thanks Always for, good to see you. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. So we, we were on our work call this morning kind of talking about what we were going to do, and, and Michael Borky brought up the story that was, uh, I guess, first on On3 three, uh, three Sports this morning, talking about the collective association. Uh, seven schools that have kind of 
banded together, formed a, a bit of a consortium. Those seven schools are Georgia, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Florida State, Southern Cal, Michigan, and Penn State. So um, we made a lot of fun a, a year ago, or a couple of years ago, when the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the ACC, we said they had their little uh, their group of very, very, very good friends. And that didn't go very well for them with uh, with Kevin Warren and company. Uh, is this just a group of good friends, or what, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, this speaks nothing speaks more to the NIL than this whole relationship. Like, me personally and whoever else would ever thought that these seven schools would all join together and say, hey, let's all work together to, uh, you know, fix this thing. And so... Uh, really, I think, Richard, the, the long and short of it is, I think, you know, we were up in D.C. a month and a half ago with, 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 uh, speaking on a congressional panel. Several of the, those other collectives were there. You had Charlie Baker from the NCAA. You had a bunch of our head coaches, my athletic directors. We had some school presidents there. And I think what we all kind of came away with is that federal intervention in NIL is probably a ways away. And even if there is... Wait, hold on a second. You mean Congress isn't going to act quickly on Can something? Can you believe that? I mean, I mean, we, I was like, we've never talked about that on this show. I know, never. Can you imagine being naive to think that Congress, the federal government is going to fix something like this? But I think what we've realized is that, you know, that, that's going to be a long way away. And even whenever they do act, um, you know, do they have the right information to act and pick the right things? Because, you know, in the NIL landscape right now, there is a ton of positive out there. There's a lot of really good things going. Like I just got through meeting with our women's basketball team uh, and talking about some of the partnerships we're working on with them and to see the look on those young ladies' faces about what this uh, platforms are giving them. Like there is a lot of really good things and a lot of good news. So I don't want to act like, you know, oh, my gosh, this thing is is – you know, headed for disaster. But there are some things that need addressing, and there are uh, some pain points that we all see now and down the road that are coming. And so the collectives, we kind of all got together and coming out of that uh, the D.C. meeting and saying, look, the collectives across the country are at the point of intersection for all this commerce. We have to deal with the universities. We have to deal with the players. We have to deal with the NCAA. We have to deal with the donors, uh, the corporate brands. All the stakeholders that are involved in college athletics and specifically NIL have to come through the collective, the way it's structured right now. So we should really be a, a think tank, uh, a sounding board, and a facilitator to give real information, tangible information, to the really smart people in this conversation so they can make the best decisions. And we just felt like leaving there that the Power Five commissioners are the ones that probably have the most power, and the most realistic opportunity to fix some of these things that need fixing. And so we went together and put together a cross-section of of collectives from the Power Five. There will be a few more other collectives joining as well um, so we can represent all the different groups and and throw out some common-sense ideas, real-time information, not the anecdotal information the NCAA loves to attach themselves to, and try to be a bridge to address whether it be an agent registry whether it be uniformity on state law, whether it be a rev share that doesn't involve employment, uh, you know, things of that nature, best practices. Um, and that's really, again, I never thought I'd be sitting there saying, you know, I'm working with Tennessee and Georgia on something, but that's what we're doing. Yeah. I hope you've got a minute because uh, I got a lot of questions based on that few, those few things that you said. But I want to start with this, which isn't necessarily related to uh, NIL specifically. Um, 
testifying before a congressional panel in D.C. You've been a lot of places. You've done a lot of cool things. Played in some big stadiums when you were uh, were at Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, you've worked internationally with, with Under Armour. You ever had an experience like that? You know, no. Was it was it at all kind of nerve inducing? Well, it wasn't, you know, and like there's a difference from what we were doing and like being in front of a panel on C-SPAN where they're talking about anti-trade, you know, trust and, you know, um, you know, some of the other issues that are going on with our country right now. So it wasn't quite the pressure cooker of that. It was a little more, um, I wouldn't say laid back, but uh, it wasn't as formal as that, but you still had to walk into that room, uh, with all these stakeholders, these congressional leaders and lawmakers, and really know that everything you say is going to be challenged, is going to be analyzed, and really, I, I, the Grove Collective, we were the only collective actually on the panel. Uh, so I was speaking not only on behalf of the Grove Collective and Ole Miss, but also all the other collectives out there. So it was that, that was probably the most nerve raising and making sure that the things that I was trying to articulate covered all those different groups that I was yeah. representing. Um, and when you got Charlie Baker sitting in the room, the head of the NCAA, um, that adds another level to it because I'll just tell you, he was not fired up about being there. He was, you could tell he was annoyed. Um, and, um, he was, he was pretty, uh, put out by some of the comments that were made in that room that day. But again, that's, but he also knew what he was walking into when he exactly. took on that role. Because so, so this group, the collective association made up of these seven schools, and you said more coming on that, that we were talking about just a second ago. It kind of strikes me as the anti NCAA, because when you think about where we are with regard to NIL, Pay for play, however you want to describe it, transfer portal, all of these things. The NCAA, for the longest time, buried its head in the sand exactly. while they were fighting frivolous lawsuits and wasting a bunch of money. Whereas it sounds to me like you're saying, okay, as a group of collectives trying to influence conference commissioners, we want to see if we can come up with a proactive solution. Yeah, well, again, I do think that's why I was so kind of a little disappointed in his demeanor that day because I'm like, surely he knew this was what he was getting into. And he did say, look, the NCAA stuck their head in the sand and they've created a lot of this problem. Uh, he did say that. I think the challenge, the hard part for him is he's trying to wrangle something back in and he's trying to govern all the institutions at all the labels, Power Five, Group of Five, D2, D3, all that, in the same format. And that's just not the reality of college athletics now. So I think that's that's a challenge that he has. I think as a collective, if you read the press release today, we threw out a couple of things that he listed that day in the meeting. He wanted an agent registry. We're all for that. And you know what? There's a great model with the NFLPA, the NBA PA, Major League Baseball, that we could take and retrofit to form our own registry to keep the bad actors out of this. So I think that's something we share common ground with him on. Uniformity on state law, oddly enough, we agree with that. And we do think there needs to be some uniformity. Now, there could be nuances here and there, but there need to be some common sense. You know, right now, I feel like all these new amendments to all these state statutes are a race to the bottom right now. And, you know, all these states are trying to find these competitive advantages because that's they have that ambiguity now to do it. And so we're for that. I mean, how about the power of college football there where you have legislators in states all across the, the southeast saying, okay, what can we do to give the schools in our state an advantage? We don't care what it looks like. Just, just give them an edge. Yeah, and protect them from any enforcement. So literally they write in the state statute, 
you do this, and we're going to make sure the NCAA can't mess with you. Which made a couple of weeks ago really fascinating when the NCAA sent the, the newest memo out that said you're a volunteer member of this organization. And Ross Bjork, the AD at Texas A&M, said, yeah, the law of the state of Texas is what we'll be abiding by. Exactly. And he's right. And there's nothing the NCAA can do exactly. about that. Exactly. And I don't think Ross loves that position he's in, but he's right. And... You know, people are going to follow that state statute. And so I think that's where we can say, look, if we could come up with um, those commonality points with the NCAA to give them a few wins, but also come up with a rev share with the Power 5 schools that is the carrot to get people to agree to be regulated and enforced by a certain group. Uh, the NCAA has always used the stick approach. You've got to do this. You've got to enforce people to do this. Well, now let's offer the carrot in the form of some revenue distribution from where real NIL values derive from, TV money, partnership money that is pouring into these Power Five conferences. Let's pull some of that aside, use that as the carrot, and say if you take that money, you have to agree to be regulated and enforced by this group, and your state statute has to fall within this realm. And that way you at least get some commonality and you get a level play. But then it's on the school and those collectives to manage their money, play money ball, raise additional money. You can still separate yourself from the pack there. Um, and so you can still create competitive advantage. All right, so let's pick up the conversation about revenue sharing, and then we'll hit on an NIL buzzword that has grown recently, donor fatigue. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about that on the other side of this timeout. <clears throat> Walker Jones joining us in studio from the Grove Collective, talking about the collective association bunch of uh, collectives with schools around the country uh, coming together to try and get something done in terms of regulation. We're back with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Exciting news. Yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi. If you're looking for a new Ford truck, let me tell you about my friends at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. Great selection of F-150s. After the show last night, I drove through the lot uh, they got a couple of Lightnings out there, if the electric truck is what you're looking for. A couple of beautiful Lariats. There's uh, one that's got the trimmer package on it, some XLTs, uh, a couple of Expeditions on the lot as well. So a great selection at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota Family Company. Uh, they've been in the uh, the car business for almost 100 years and uh, have been a Ford dealership since the 1960s. Stop by, tell them we sent you from Sports Talk Mississippi to get behind the wheel of a new Ford F-150. That's a Belk Ford and, of course, Oxford Toyota just up the hill on Highway 6 West in Oxford. Visiting with Walker Jones uh, from the Grove Collective. He is um, maybe kind of the de facto spokesperson for the collective association. I, I don't know. They're still kind of putting it all together. I didn't mind getting behind a microphone and talking a little bit, so he's hanging out with us. Did I just give you a title that, that you didn't want or is not yeah, yours? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I want that title or not. But, uh, uh, you know, hey, look, at this point, everybody is – there's so much noise out there. Uh, you know, again, trying to consolidate the message I think is important. Yeah. And I think that was part of the reason why we try to get this all together. So it's really – those seven collectives really kind of came to me, number one, because of the geography and the Power Five, but also, too, they're run by people that are like-minded, 
a lot of business people, people that have some of the similar background that I had, and we all kind of look at things similarly, and that's kind of really how the genesis of it kind of came together. Yeah. So you mentioned revenue sharing a second ago, which at times might be considered a, a dirty word. Yeah. There, there's some athletics directors that would consider that to be a, a bit of a dirty word. But you and I talked earlier today, and, and you think that revenue sharing is a big part of the answer here, and this might actually be something that athletics directors could get behind. Yeah, and Richard, you're right. I mean, six months ago when I heard rev share, I got a knot in my stomach, you know. And, uh, and, and forgive me for interrupting, but you've also heard senators in D.C. talk about revenue sharing and talk about 50-50 splits, which is just, I mean, it, that's not sustainable it's for college athletics. It's the death of college athletics. It's the death that, like, if you go to a 50-50 rev share, like California's trying to say, then Keith Carter and the other athletes are going to say, okay, what nine sports am I cutting? Like, really, that's the reality of what you're running into. So, And you're running into employment status. Almost every student athlete I have talked to does not want to be an employee. They want to be a student athlete. They don't want to be governed by a union. They don't want to be, you know, regulated that way. Um, and I think we lose a lot of the essence of what makes college athletics great if we go that route. So I think the, the hard truth is there is some sort of rev share coming at some point. Now, my argument would be to Greg Sankey and the other uh, four Power Five commissioners, we'd like, go ahead and get ahead of it. Go ahead and be and preempt that and put one in place that is much more palatable to everybody's budget that addresses donor fatigue, that um, – solves for uh, trying to create uniformity, uh, again, being the carrot that, that drives out there, and it gets ahead of a federal pre, a preemptive uh, revenue share that could be catastrophic for college athletics. I think most people that you talk to will tell you it's coming. So if we kind of know it's coming, and there's so many millions and billions of dollars pouring in on TV rights and partnerships and sponsorships, let's create our own model that gets around the employment status, doesn't bring Title IX in in a major way, but allows these athletes. Also, here's the other thing, too, if you're a student athlete, it creates a longer-term sustainable model so more athletes can share in NIL. So you don't think NIL as it exists today where you are asking fans, boosters, businesses to contribute money on an annual basis with limited knowledge of where that money is really going, you don't think that's a sustainable model? I don't think it's sustainable at the level we're at now. Okay. I think it's it's just, it, it's still, denial doesn't go away, but I think, Richard, it doesn't stay at this same volume and this same level. I think, you know, values will go down, the ability to create opportunities for your non-revenue sports goes down, um, those type things suffer. Um, and if it's solely on the backs of your donors and at the whims of wins and losses, then you're going to have a very, very small percentage that can sustain at this level. The rest are going to have to pull back to some degree. So that's what I'm saying is, look, you know, for the good of the student athletes, let's give them a little piece of that pie that then helps create some uniformity, but also some sustainability. And, and I the, think that's what that's what we're talking. All about. right. So you alluded to, to television rights, and we know that there are massive amounts of money that are coming in there. But you've also got two conferences 
that are in a different league than everybody else. The SEC and the Big Ten, Correct. massive television deals. The ACC stuck with their deal for a long time. The Pac-12 still trying to negotiate one. And the Big 12 got a good deal. They, right. Maybe not SEC, Big Ten, good, yeah, but, but, a, good but a good deal. Um, so when you talk about a revenue-sharing model on a school-by-school basis, are you talking about a percentage of revenue, or are you talking about a flat dollar amount? And, and I guess I ask that because, obviously, the checks that Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Georgia get Georgia. from the conference are bigger than the ones that Duke and Clemson and Florida State are getting. Yeah. I think, look, you could argue it both ways, and there's pros and cons to both. Um, you know, if you did a percentage of revenue basis, then maybe the gulf between the haves and the have-nots continues to widen again because you have another factor now in there. Uh, that could be a potential negative, but it also speaks to maintaining, you know, um, you know, some of that, um, uh, competitive landscape that we have now. I think that if you went to a flat fee or you said, Hey, here's a percentage of allocation you can use of your distribution up to 10% or up to 15%. And a school may say, you know what? We're only going to use 5%. Because we think we have other things. Like Vanderbilt may say, you know what? NIL is important, but our reputation as academic school is still really powerful. So we don't probably need to use all 15% on NIL. And we want to continue to use uh, those other funds for the other things that we're doing. So we're only going to use fiber. You can maybe put it on the school that way and say, you know, you can you, you can cap the amount that they can use, but they can choose to use within their budget a percentage up to that point. And then the athletic directors in the collective, and I do think you have to have one designated collective that has access to those funds so you can manage them, you can govern them, uh, you can create uh, a one-stop shop, so to speak. Um, so that collective and that AD can work hand-in-hand then to kind of play the money ball game, the budget game, uh, how do we want to spread, where do we have our weaknesses, where do we want to deploy funds. Um, so I think really that's the more the model that I think. Again, I'll leave it to smarter people like Greg Sankey, who is mm-hmm. an incredibly intelligent human being, and I'm glad he's our conference commissioner, to, to, to come up with the best way. I'm not sitting here saying, hey, this is what you should do because it's foolproof. What I'm saying is let's talk about some options and see which one works the best and try to figure it out. Right now, it's taboo for anybody to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it on a natural scale. So this collective association, part of what we want to accomplish is to be a fire starter for the dialogue and to go, hey, shoot holes in it. Tell us we're wrong here. Tell us you like this here. Hey, I would I like that, but I would change this. That's a win. That's not happening right now, and that's what we want to create. So I would love for Greg Sankey or Jim Phillips at the ACC to go, hey, TCA, uh, the Collective Association, good thoughts, really good starter here. Got to talk about a few of these issues here, or maybe this isn't feasible here, but generally I like I like the conversation. Let's take it to the next level. So the idea is get these commissioners talking, get them to collectively – maybe a bad use of the word there, come to an agreement of, hey, we're all willing to put these guidelines, these rules in place, and we're willing to follow them. What's the timeline for that happening? Well, I think you know, you're probably talking about spring of 25. I think you, you, you're going to get into football now. and football. So we're season. summer of 23 right now. I mean, excuse me, excuse me, spring of 24, sorry. I was wrong. Okay. I got ahead of myself. So so less than a full calendar year. Less than a full calendar year. I think this could be something that could be 
talked about, discussed, debated, negotiated during the fall um, and into the spring of 24. And then for this time next year, rolling into the fall season of 24, you could have something in place. Now, some of the TV negotiations, you know, that, that, that's where you run into some of the other issue where, uh, and again, that's where a conference commissioner may go, Hey, look, guys, yeah, in theory, that's a great idea, but we would have to amend our current rights agreement, our TV rights agreement. We'd have to change this. We'd have to bring ESPN. We'd have to bring Fox in, uh, et cetera. And we'd have to have them part of the conversation and they would have to agree to certain pieces of it. They may have some financial or some legal. Uh, stipulations in their deal hmm. that may have to be addressed. So I think you got to give yourself time for that, for them to be able to go to those partners and say, here's what we're thinking and maybe have to rework some of the, um, you know, pieces of their agreement that, that would line up with this. So that, some of which may be, Hey, we need some more money. Can you help? It may be, Hey, look, yeah, we need more money or Hey, we need the ability to distribute some of this money in a different way. Yeah. Um, or, these athletes now have a direct tie into ESPN to some degree. Thanks so much for your time. I mean, we could do this for hours, I think, but uh, I'm not going to hold you up any longer. Really appreciate it. No, it's a fascinating conversation. Thanks for the audience, and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Walker Jones from the Grove Collective. We'll be back after this. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. That's uh, visitoxfordms.com. Check out the event calendar. See the uh, schedule of events. It's a little slower in July, but goodness gracious, do they pick up in a hurry in August. Be sure to uh, follow Visit Oxford on all of their social media platforms. That would be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and now Threads. Yes. That's it. Visit Oxford MS. Uh, Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and you coming from the uh, Pearl River Resort studio. If you want to read the story that we were referencing, it's on on 3 Sports. Go to on3.com or you can... You can Google on three, the collective association, and find it. I bet if we really twisted Michael Borky's arm, he would be willing to tweet the link out as well if you wanted to kind of understand it. But, I mean, strange bedfellows, right? Classic City Collective, Georgia. Spire Sports Group, Tennessee. The Grove Collective, Ole Miss. The Battle's End, Florida State. House of Victory, Southern Cal. Champions Circle, Michigan. Happy Valley United, Penn State. Interesting group. And when it's those brands uh, that are talking about... And, and I don't know why... I know why I'm so passionate about it, because uh, I I would like to be able to do the same thing for my son that my dad did for me and take him to as many games as I can. I talk often about how fans are getting priced out of things. Mm-hmm. Where it's just more and more expensive. And for the common fan, that's not a good thing. And then now you've added this NIL thing where, not not all places, but in some cases you get shamed. Well, you don't care about winning if you don't donate to the collective. And so you've added another expense. The concept of donor fatigue, I think, is something that they really need to tackle. 
in right away. Because how much more can you ask of these people? Got to buy season tickets. They're more expensive. Got to find a place to stay, depending on the time of game, I guess, or where you live. It's getting more expensive. Got to eat. It's getting more expensive. It just is so much. And when you've got Georgia and Tennessee talking about donor fatigue, when they've got significantly more of them than the schools here in Mississippi have, it's pretty telling. That tells you a lot. And so I'm, I'm fascinated to hear that those brands are involved in something that's trying to bring uniformity because even they think we can't do this much longer. I mean, yeah. And and I can't imagine, hey, Dad, that Zach Selman or Keith Carter or Danny White or any athletics director is super excited about the idea of saying, okay, we're going to allocate whatever the number is, 10% of the television revenue that we receive. So that's, what, 5 to $8 million, kind of depending on, mm-hmm. well, not, not 5 to 8 Five to well, maybe eventually, five to seven. Yeah, eventually, yeah. As, as the TV money grows, and 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 we're gonna have to take that money out of our budget that we're already kind of playing with the short stack against everybody else, or against some of the bigger schools. We're gonna have to pull that out. So I can't help but think they're maybe not super excited about that. But the flip side of it is. If our donors aren't getting pounded to donate to a collective for something that a lot of them don't believe in, maybe we can look at our other fundraising needs and feel a little bit more comfortable about asking people to go back to giving money to the Bulldog Club or the Ole Miss Athletics Club. That's what I was about to say. It feels like, okay... We, we, we're going to fund the collective. You guys can stop worrying about that. Start giving us your money again. And, and you, to put it sort of bluntly. And, and that's what, that's, it feels like that's the way that would go. That conversation would go. I mean, you're talking about $5 million. I don't think Mississippi State and Ole Miss are raising $5 million a year from their collectives, but they can get a, a good chunk of that back from donors who have to, who can stop delivering to the collective. It's a shame that it has to happen this way, though. Isn't it a shame that that somebody like Walker Jones has to meet up with other guys like him to get together to try to bring uniformity to the sport and not the people that are in charge of running the sport? And, yeah. and, then, and they say things like, oh, well, we can't. It's out of our hands. It is not. It never has been. I, I, I hate that that's what this is coming to, but two things that I was thinking about listening to him is, first, if you want fairness in college sports, this is the path. I know that the idea of revenue sharing is off-putting for people, understandably so, because he's absolutely right. If they did a 50-50 split like NBA players get, volleyball gone, soccer gone, golf gone, tennis gone, and I know, quote-unquote, nobody cares about those sports, um, I, I imagine the people that get to play them and get the free education and get that experience... And yes, there are people that do care about them personally from a fan perspective. That, the, that That's a very important thing to continue to have. Having 
a men's and women's, te- women's tennis program in Oxford and Starkville is very important. It's not as important as football, but it's important that those things exist for a lot of reasons. So, so this is the way. And this is the path. And two, we got a, a question on the text line. When did this NIL thing start? Honestly, it started when TV contracts worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars started getting signed. When coaches started getting 10-year fully guaranteed contracts worth 10 plus million dollars a year. That that's when that that inspired all of this is when the money got so ridiculous and coach compensation changed, what the schools were making changed, and it was still just the same scholarship for the people that were doing the most work to get it. That's what inspired this. So to Walker's point, you've got to concede something. And if you concede something, you can solidify everything else. And you know what's one of the things that's interesting to me is it's not a just just this money, right? I mean, if you were to um, if you were to take a, a cut of TV revenue as as a baseline for NIL, that doesn't mean you have to stop trying to raise money through a collective. Ole Miss and other schools, Mississippi State, have got a donor model where people can donate monthly or annually or whatever. And then you've got the the corporate piece of it as well, where you can still... But you're not having to go to your biggest donors and ask them for six- and seven-figure checks on an annual basis. Just so you can compete. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But it's where we are. So, um, fascinating conversation. Really is. Maybe even for Brian Hayden. You look like you're deep in thought. Are you, are you, are you prepping for thunder and lightning on the radio after this? Yeah, I got something else going on here that, that has my attention too. No offense, but it, it caught my attention. Chelsea plan? No, no. They'll actually be in America in, uh, gosh, uh, two weeks from today. Are you going to go see them? No, we have that remote, uh, on uh, on Jackson the day after, and I I, just, I can't make it all work. So where is it? Where are they playing? Is it Atlanta? Oh yeah. Oh, you can make that work. Wake up in the morning with yeah, the well, remote. You can the, get the, here the, in the, town in time. The ticket the tickets are super pricey too. Oh, I, mean, I just I just, I just can't do it. So there you go. so has what has called your attention? It, but... Interesting for the radio. No. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> but. Glad you could, I'm sorry, but it hasn't. Glad you could lock in on your job. <laughs> These three hours that way, we ask of you. You know, in a way, you know what? I could just not be here like you are for most segments, sir. Well, I mean, I have to go into the little yeah. website and request a day off to do that. It, it ha- you know, you've got those, or you know, just just play uh, 18 holes and let it let it roll over. Play eighteen holes and let it roll over. But what roll over? Yeah. Like 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 into the through the first two segments when we were at uh Oh the, uh, the first thing. you're gonna hold that against me? Yeah. Come on now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That was a company outing. Uh. <laughs> that was that was representing our company. I'm just saying sales. When we get to the break, I will explain what's going on and you will you will you will and take all of the relationships back. with guests as well. 
It's, all it's good. true. That's true. Yeah, it's it true. Was, uh, that was fun. Um, Ceasefire text line is open 601 879 4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. That is right here in Ceasefire country. We will wrap things up with you on this Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon. I've been saying Tuesday all day, and you guys have not corrected me, buddy. And there's kind of a big thing happening tomorrow. You know, days of the week kind of need to know that. Yes. I do know where I have to be tomorrow. And we'll tell you where that is when we come back. And you know what you are going to be wearing, too. Well, for the afternoon. (laughs) I've actually got got double duty tomorrow at, uh, at Palmer Hall. We'll tell you about that coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. The 11th annual Palmer Home for Children Radio Fun. Radiothon, I think that's the word I was looking for, is tomorrow right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Every year there are children across the Magnolia State that need a loving home, and many times these children are caught in unimaginable circumstances, and that is why we need your help. You will learn how Palmer Home for Children serves vulnerable children. It's a faith-based organization that does not take any government money, so we, uh, we need your help. We want you to listen in. <laughs> And join us for the 11th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon. It's all happening tomorrow right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Scott there, hey, Dan. That's game used. He can't hear us, I don't think. Oh, yeah? Hey, it's time for a little basketball. So that's For those of you listening, hey, Dad held up a game-used Mississippi State football jersey for hour one, basketball jersey for hour two, and baseball for hour three. Hey, Dad, I don't think that football jersey is going to fit you. <laughs> no, it's not going to fit me at all. Mm. You'll be happy to know that I, I did compare you to an SEC athlete when they were trying to figure out a size. I said he's about Will's size. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So, so there you go. Will might be a little more put together than I am, but maybe the, the height and weight Probably. Comparable. Probably. So. What number jerseys were those? Uh, 22 for football. You got the DJ Jeffries zero for uh, basketball. And baseball's 21. So I, I, now I got to look at 22 for football would be Nathan Pickering. And then I guess I need to look at the baseball roster. I don't know 21 off the top of my head. He's also a little more put together than I am, Nathan Pickering. Just a little bit. A little bigger, a little bigger than he. That's Colby Holcomb's number. So can you can you throw ninety four, ninety five? No, but DJ Jeffries and I are are comparable in lots lots of ways. You're both humans, <laughs> both from North Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about like you know physique and athletic ability and vertical <laughs> jump. And, I mean, there's a joke in there uh, to be made about shooting touch, but you know whatever. We'll do uh, that. 
Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, Next week, Sports Talk Mississippi will be live in Nashville for SEC Media Day starting on Monday. You'll hear from the coaches, the newsmakers, the newsbreakers, and the players as we count down to the start of the college football season. Sports Talk Mississippi's coverage of 2023's SEC Media Days is presented by Genteel Apparel. Visit genteelapparel.com to check out their full lineup of sportswear, including the collegiate collection for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Really looking forward. You think we're going to make our deadline? Our deadline. On the shirts. I don't know, man. I'm hopeful. Uh, They they, they, they got two days. So. Well, I mean, technically they have what? They have until Sunday, so. Yeah, but I don't think that they work on Sunday. They'll work overtime. Yeah, well, we'll see. Make it happen. I'll, we'll I'll check in tomorrow. Hey, obviously tomorrow right. a big day, and uh, we look forward to yeah. uh, to Palmer home. Uh, there are not a lot of things that um, would cause me to wear uh, as much maroon as uh, Brian Haydad is going to have me wearing tomorrow. Uh, but I lost a bet fair and square, and so I will pay up. I mean, if uh, if Chris Doring can wear Lederhosen on uh, the SEC Network set That's for right. losing a bet to Peter Burns, then uh, I guess I can wear some Mississippi State jerseys over the course of three hours to uh, raise money or help raise money for a cause uh, such as Palmer Home for Children. Special Absolutely, day. it's gonna be a lot Lucky. of fun and a lot of we're gonna raise a lot of good money yeah. and take a lot of pictures. Hey, Dad, a lot, a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures. Screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. Videos. The whole deal. I'm going to send them across the SEC. I'm sending them to Peter Burns, Moscona, Cole Kublik. Like, let this be a lesson. In the hubris. Like, betting against Mississippi State. Mm. I'm just going to go ahead and shut my Twitter account down. (laughs) It's not terrible. Just don't log on, man. It's not terribly active anyway. I might as well just kind of. Uh, uh, hey, I'll, 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 I'll tag you on threads. You, you you do have to at least like do me the solid of putting hashtag Palmer home on all. The, oh, absolutely. The, the tweets, of you course, and of course, you of course, send out and whatnot. Of course. Um, what do we learn today, boys? What do we learn today? We learned a lot about the straw industry. Yeah. We learned that me in a uh, banana-colored banana hammock at Wet Republic is a terrible idea. Uh, Not for Dwayne. We learned that 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 Mayor Bloomberg <laughs> I'm out. Start talking about what we learned, Borky. I am out. Oh, thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon, the 12th of July. If uh, if you want to hear more nonsense from Brian Haydad, just stay tuned. He'll be spouting it coming, coming up next on Thunder and Lightning on the radio. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Adios.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.